Hello and welcome to the Amanda Perry podcast, a weekly memo from my brain to yours. 20 minute brain slurp to listen to on your commute or run or while you're having a bath because honestly, who has an hour? Definitely not me. So the idea is a little bit from me and then a load from you. Every week I'll be asking for your questions on Instagram and I'll answer them on here giving you a little shout out along the way. Welcome back to my podcast. Today I am joined by Katie Chapel. She is an illustrator. Some of you will follow her on Instagram. She does these amazing illustrations and has worked with some really, really big brands to bring their presentations to life as well. So welcome, Katie. Hello, thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I know it was all a bit last minute, wasn't it? So I really appreciate you. Um, I really appreciate you making the time. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm sure you're doing a much better job than me of of telling everyone what it is you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm I'm Katie Chapel. I'm a live illustrator. So my specialty is like going to online events and things and making. They're called sketch notes sometimes, where I just basically put everything that's discussed into a big illustration. Um, and then they can like share it afterwards. But I also uh, co-founded the Good Ship Illustration with my good friends Helen Stevens and Tanya Willis, um, and we help illustrators through that. And I also have a Bullet Journal Gang, which is like productivity for creatives. So there's lots of things. Brilliant, and and a few products on the side to boot. So and a few products. And, yeah. and you're kind of talking about this. What did you call it? Sorry, what do you call it? Live live sketching. Yeah, live, live illustration live illustration you you kind of brush it off as this like little thing you do but you've had some pretty mega clients haven't you recently I've, I still don't believe it like when like when they're happening because it's been locked down I'm just like in my house or I'm like in the studio <laughs> just, like I'm just illustrating so yeah like in 2020 I worked for Apple um Google Facebook Chromebook it was mad like I still haven't sunk in that's incredible. And how did they find you? How did that all happen? How, how, yeah, how did it happen? Um, so everybody, I don't have an agent or anything. I just represent myself. Um, and people just find my website. So my, my search engine optimization is up there sort of thing. So that's yeah. the main way people find me. That's so good. It just goes to show, isn't doesn't it? I, you know, and this is me saying it. You can focus on all these kind of new things and paid social and and like the latest shiny object, but those kind of real foundation stuff like SEO and you know the stuff that isn't sexy and isn't glam and doesn't necessarily work from kind of day one just makes such a huge difference, don't they? so true and I think like especially when I was starting out I was like I just need a million Instagram followers that's the key <laughs> but like honestly yeah. the amount of jobs that have come from Instagram is tiny yeah. compared to yeah. the website yeah it's really easy to to get that confused isn't it I think people are getting quite wise to that as well aren't they about the sort of vanity numbers and yeah. you know the the real opportunity that is that does come from having like big numbers. I having grown my Instagram last year, I can definitely see the impact and the overall impact on the business, but it's definitely not the be all and end all, is it? No. And it's, it's, it's definitely good for like building communities and stuff. Like for the good ship, Instagram is amazing. And we do like the weekly art club and stuff. And it's like the main thing, but yeah, I think for a service-based business, 
it's not always the be all and end all no definitely not it's part of the strategy I would say isn't it so the reason I asked you to come and speak to me this morning is because last week I was talking about how I've been working with some clients particularly last year like quite recently about with um, trying to add a service element onto their e-com business to really to really help increase their margin, pay themselves more, kind of not be stuck in this like make a product or buy a product, sell a product, you know, this real physical kind of um, business. Mm. And I know that you've done that really successfully, not necessarily from e-com. I know you had a service business, added a kind of learning element onto that, but you do sell products as well, don't you? Do you want to just, uh, if you can, tell us how how it all happened. How did you start adding the courses on and the the kind of um, I say this with air quotes, but the passive income. It's never passive, is it? But that, <laughs> yes. that kind of you know the the services that that help broaden out your income. Yeah, definitely. So the yeah, I think that's one of the big things, isn't it? The the myth of passive income, like it's not actually passive. No, it's never passive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it kind of started. So when I was illustrating and I'd finished my master's, I was just making prints and selling prints and doing stuff like that. And then I started selling calendars and I sold them, I think it was one or two years. And then I discovered um, this idea of like pre-selling and creating a launch around a product. And that's when I realized that I could really kind of make it so that I only printed what I was actually definitely going to sell. And then, sorry to interrupt, the calendars were a physical product. Yeah, the calendars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a way of um, sort of repurposing stuff I'd done in my sketchbook for fun anyway. So it wasn't any extra work. It was just, it was there. I was like, oh, I'll just like put these in a calendar. That'll be fun. And yeah, when I discovered the idea of pre selling and launching, it just, I think like I tripled the sales from just telling people like I've got a calendar to being like pre-order the calendar there are only so many available um this is how much they are and you get a discount if you pre-order and that was like the beginning of my learning about marketing and pricing and figuring all that stuff out yeah what is interesting that because a lot of people think there's quite a backlash at the moment around the whole um like FOMO marketing isn't there and Mm. people looking at it saying you know not necessarily you're lying but you're kind of making manipulating people to and that that ultimately is marketing isn't it maybe manipulation's a, st- a strong word but you know using people's emotions to make them take an action yeah. um what what do you say about that because that that is the tactic isn't it that is the launch tactic what do you what where do you sit on that whole um you know using FOMO thing yeah I mean ultimately it's just human psychology isn't it and it's yeah. like you're actually helping people at the end of the day because if somebody's like I know for me anyway if I see something I'm like oh that's nice and then I'm like I'll scroll on to the next thing but if I see it and they're like oh there's only a few available and you get a discount I'm like oh I actually do I really want that and it helps you like make a decision because people are free yeah. to choose not to buy it but it just kind of exactly. kicks them up the bum a bit and they're like yeah. if you want it get it now if you don't scroll on and it's like much more decisive in that way yeah, um, I agree. And it's like building excitement, isn't it? Building excitement in people. And, you know, you're not saying um, go into debt to buy this thing, which I actually do see quite a lot. I've seen, you know, some really ugly practices around that, particularly in the coaching space. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? I think the more that the kind of general public, I guess, 
are learning about marketing and kind of dabbling in side hustles and their own kind of thing and understanding that process the more backlash I see around oh you know you said there was only this many left but actually there wasn't and you know I think ethics do come into it don't they and and how you how you want to run your business I suppose yeah it's interesting so so you learned the launch process using your calendars and then what was the leap between like I understand the launch process now to actually I could do this for a product that I don't have to print ship you know print pack ship and and kind of do all that labor intensive stuff yeah so this is the exciting part so it kind of I'd been thinking of making a course for ages but I was really busy with live illustration like fully booked and because it wasn't it was this was like pre-covid so there was no lockdown I was traveling all the time and I was working as a lecturer so I had like no free time and I was like one day I will make a course but then lockdown happened and like all my work was cancelled well, like 80% of my work was cancelled overnight um, wow. and I suddenly had all this free time on my hands and around this so like a few months earlier I'd like actually started writing it down um, to put my bullet journal workshops that I used to do in person I was like this could totally be an online course yeah um, and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it and I, I like it was really like off the cuff I did it as like imperfectly as possible um but people loved it and it was so much fun and I realized that it was once it was done it was just it was finished and like I could keep selling it and then adding on bits in the the membership to make it more so it's like it's a membership but you pay once and then you're in it for life because uh, I don't know it just it feels easier for me to just like not actually owe anybody anything (laughs) I'm like you paid once you got the course yeah not to have to kind of put that content in every month or show up all the time yeah no I understand exactly yeah Yeah. so I feel more like if I get ill or I'm really busy I can be like sorry guys there's no thing this month and everyone's like okay that's fine like nobody gets angry about it yeah and how many people have you got in there uh it's coming up to 170 now which is wild yeah so when I was teaching them in person it was like 10 people per workshop and I had to drive to Edinburgh to do it and yeah it was a whole different ball game yeah yeah it's and I think that's the biggest difference isn't it it's the numbers I know I've worked with a few people last year who were had done workshops pre-covid and that was kind of the the light bulb was just taking it online and I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference isn't it going I could like physically stand in a room teaching 20 people how to do this thing and get paid this set amount of money or I could recreate it once online and yeah there's like re-records and updates and stuff but I could record it once put it online and sell it to you know a thousand people couldn't you so there is a real you know the education economy is is lucrative for but the the great thing about it is that every person that's buying it is getting that same value they're getting it's not you know it's not a rip-off is it you're not conning people it's they're they're getting that value it's just that you can sell it to so many more people Absolutely. And it really does feel like you're helping people more directly. Like the the Good Ship illustration has been incredible for this. So this is um, the the company I co-founded with Helen and Tanya. And we, um, so Helen and Tanya were already going to make a course and things. And then when I mentioned that I was going to make a course as well, uh, Tanya was like, you should join with us. We'll do it together. And it's been like the best thing ever because Helen and Tanya are incredible. Like Helen's an award-winning picture book author and illustrator. She did the How to Hide a Lion series. Oh, um, wow. So, and that's been like adapted for theatre and stuff. And then Tanya mm. 
has years and years of experience teaching in the UK and Hong Kong. And she does maps and like does artwork for the sides of planes and trams and stuff like giant oh, wow. artwork. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So then between us, we're like this super trio of like helpfulness. Um, and yeah, the, the, the good ship's amazing. Like the testimonials we get, people say it's like better than university. Wow. Uh, and what is the good ship? Is that a membership as well? Is that a membership program? Um, so that's, it's a course based thing. So we've got, we've got one course so far. We're planning more this year, but the, the first course we made was called Find Your Creative Voice, Fly Your Freak Flag. Nice. Um, and it's all about like finding your own way of working, your own style, and just like giving people confidence to make their work and share it, which is magic. Yeah, I love it. And so that's one-off courses. There's no recurring element to that. There's no membership element. It's just one-off courses that you sell and then, or this this one course that you sell and then when you create another one, you'll add that into the mix. Exactly, yeah. And it's the same, like oh, it's yeah. once you're in, you're in for life and you can float around and make friends with people and stuff in the in the membership group so oh, again, we yeah, call so it a membership but it's not like a recurring thing oh, yeah okay so so there's a there's a private group once you do the course you go into the group stay in there for life yeah perfect what a great like model you have I think there's you know I've talked about this a lot before but I really love um businesses that have like three elements to them just for that I always think of like a bar stool you know that real sturdy like three legs of a bar stool and having that really stable kind of business model and you having your own stuff so your live live services your products that you could build on at any point couldn't you now you really understand that launch process and the courses just feels like a real stable business have you have you felt that since you've done it have you felt what's been the impact I guess financially or kind of um uh, maybe even on your life you know having these and being able to really forecast what kind of money is going to be coming in yeah I mean it's it's kind of mind-blowing really so I was I was a nanny for years so when I kind of started figuring this all out I was earning 75 pounds a week and that was like what? that was my job was yeah that was my before. job so that I didn't die <laughs> I was like if, I, if I've got this job I can pay my rent and I won't die and everything's gonna be fine what? so that's what I was <laughs> yeah because I was like I don't want to work full-time so that was three days a week that's mental that's crazy (laughs) it was it was a good start and then so yeah going from that to being able to I've just moved into a studio outside the house um so I've got some like work-life separation which has been amazing um I've been able to buy my house which is mad Um, amazing yeah just loads of little things that I never even dreamed of because I don't like there's the whole millennial thing of like oh if you're a millennial you'll never own a house (laughs) Yeah, because you eat too much avocado on toast. That's what it is. Just can't stay <laughs> off the avocados. That's amazing, Katie. Do you know what? I was thinking about this last week, actually, after I recorded the podcast. And I was thinking, I really, I'm really into this. Like, I'm really into this idea. Obviously, as you know, I help predominantly econ brands grow. But I'm really into this idea of helping them add a service product, a service kind of element into their business just to just to really stabilize the business, I guess, and give them another income stream. And I was kind of digging deep within myself about what it was that really excited me about it. 
And it really is. I know a lot of people struggle talking about this, but it really is the money side. It's the fact that, you know, when a client comes to me and says exactly what you've just said, actually, like I've, I've someone messaged me last week and was like, I told you I was going to do it. And I've just I've just bought my house or, you know, that oh they God. even small things like people will message me going, I've had to fix my um, garden. Fe- I've needed to fix my garden fence for like 10 years and I've just been able to do the whole lot and upgrade it. And, you know, it's that real knock on effect, isn't it? The, the kind of knock on impact that is really easy for people to. I don't know. I feel like in this day and age, it's easy for people to think that if you're suddenly making money, there's some kind of scam element to it or some kind of something that's not quite right. And I feel like what you've really proven and definitely hearing more of your story today is that it's just finding the thing that really fulfills you, but that you can deliver in a way that isn't going to kill you (laughs) or in a like a really smart way. Yeah, it's got to be sustainable, hasn't it? And I think Mm. there's so much stuff around, like, I think, like, as a society, we're brought up to think that, like, being, like, earning money is bad, rich people are bad, it's automatically not ethical. But I think it's, it's becoming more and more okay to, like, help people and get paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the flip side of that is becoming less okay to work for free. I I do think I saw someone talking about this the other day and I do think there's quite a lot of shame around working for free or a lot of kind of negativity but someone I was someone I follow on Instagram was saying I've got to tell you like the only reason I'm here today is because I started by working for free and working for free was there's a value exchange isn't isn't there I, I'm not mm. talking about the whole exposure thing but there's a value exchange of I'm going to work for you for free and learn what you do and that's that's a value to me so I do think that there's there's a flip side to the whole not working for free argument I'm not talking about you know working for exposure and all that kind of thing but I do think that there's a flip side but yeah I completely agree I think it's about time we were more comfortable talking about money and it didn't have to be this thing that we kind of feel any sense of shame around I'm I'm really comfortable talking about money and I think um, although I say that I guess in some situations I wouldn't be but I think it's really important to empower especially women to talk about to talk about earning money and help them find a way to earn it that feels really good and feels fun. Totally. And I think going back to the free thing, like for me, that that nanny job earning £75 a week, that was my, um, almost like the investor in my business. I know Leonie Dawson says this, like if you've got a part-time job while you're building your your e-com business or your uh, art practice or whatever you can see them as an investor and that just it's like a, it was like a secret weapon for me so when people did ask me to work for free um I was like I, I had the option <laughs> to just say like no like yeah, I don't have time busy. or I've got yeah. a job yeah and it was just yeah. really good to have that backup yeah yeah it's a funny old game isn't it it really is yeah. I think every everyone's kind of journey is so different and uh, you know, I everyone knows, well, most people know, you know, the kind of ups and downs of my story. And then you find some people who just start their first business and it's just an amazing success and it carries on and, you know, and, and, uh, and maybe one day they'll tell the truth about the ups and downs along the way. But I guess that's one of the issues with social media. It's really easy to make it look like, unless you are honest, 
and mm-hmm. and we all degree and we all kind of decide what our our honesty levels are don't we I think it's really easy to make it look like it is it is just plain sailing and it is easy and you're just this you know hashtag six figure seven figure business um <laughs> I love it I love your story so um what was the it, it, in terms of like practical advice for anyone listening who wants to do the same how did you start with the bullet journal stuff did you like put it out to your audience and go I'm thinking of doing this would anyone be interested I know with with um creating courses I would always advise people pre-sell them before they start building them um mm-hmm. but did you do that or were you just confident because you knew it worked so well before you were confident that it would translate into online yeah so I knew there was a, a demand for bullet journaling because the the shop paper tiger in Edinburgh who had been doing the workshops in they put Facebook ads out and they, that's how they sold tickets for it so I was like I know people want to do this but at the same time I was like my audience isn't huge I don't know how keen people are so I was like I did pre-sell it I was like if you join um it's a live round and Got I just taught it live and then um like chopped up the live videos and added worksheets and then the live like every month I'll go in and do a workshop so it was very it was very like fly by the seat of your pants because I really didn't know if it was going to work but it was at a point where yeah lockdown had just happened and I was like oh my god all my income is gone overnight like what am I gonna do so it was a sort of it forced me into doing it so I think like the main thing to remember like my top tip would be to try so hard not to be a perfectionist about it I know that's so much easier said than done and yeah it was so much easier and more fun doing the good ship illustration because I had Helen and Tanya to bounce ideas off and we worked together and it like oh it was just so much it was like night and day (laughs) love it it's funny yeah. though, isn't it? I think some people are, I often, which is is crazy because I've got such a big team. I'm not great at teamwork. I'm much better at, like I work quite independently. Say I've got a team of like 25 people. <laughs> I'm kind of like the one that's on my own, just cracking on with things and much to their frustration. So it's funny how people work, isn't it? But I think that's really clever about the bullet journal, doing that live round and then chopping it up and absolutely like imperfect action people this is why people never get on anything off the ground isn't it because they Mm -hmm. they call it perfectionism but it's just procrastination it's just kind of a fear isn't it of what if no one buys it and what if you know the the people that I've worked with that have done this the best have just kind of gone for it and even the hub like you're in the ecom growth hub aren't you and even the hub Mm -hmm is not like the course is not perfect but it's going to tell you exactly what you need to do to to sell a product and get it off the ground you know and that's like a third iteration someone uh one of the team watched it the other day and said oh do you know there's a bit that's not edited out in this (laughs) you know it doesn't matter does it because people are people are paying to learn the value I think the most polished courses I've been on and the most kind of um, glitzy you know sort of showbiz recorded ones are the ones that you just come off thinking yeah that looked great but I can't say I learned a whole lot yeah it's so true I think and people appreciate the humanness don't they they're like oh thank goodness she's a real person and like yeah <laughs> yeah as long as I'm not swearing or anything like that I'm okay <laughs> with it yeah, no I think there's a lot to be said for imperfect action and just just getting on and doing it and you know that's we hear that from even the big guys don't we I think is it Facebook's is like 
fail fast or something you know and and kind of being imperfect so um I can't let you go without talking a bit about what your marketing plan was around all this so that it's one thing kind of having the idea and thinking yeah I'm gonna go for it and you said you know you didn't have a massive audience and you had to get it out there somewhere so in terms of we know the launch plan around the calendars but in terms of the service bits so the bullet journal gang and the good ship illustration what was your marketing plan around that and what did you see like best results from and you know what could people try for themselves yeah so the the bullet journal gang I was it it felt like an experiment so I wasn't so bothered about overly marketing it um but for the good ship because it was the three of us and I want to grow it and everything I did join the ecom growth hub so that's obviously how I know you Amanda um and that's I just turned into like a full-on Facebook ads nerd overnight it was bizarre (laughs) it was like I need to know all the data (laughs) I remember it I remember like I was like who is this girl that's just like a money machine every day was it just ads that you use them would you say that that was the the I guess that was the main thing but you must have had some content or something behind that yeah well this is the thing so I feel like the thing with ads I feel like they're not this magical thing because we did we we show up every single week to do art club on Instagram. We share everybody's work on our stories. So we really are like building re- like n- the relationship and we do genuinely make friends with these people. <laughs> like it's not just yeah. like a, um, a marketing thing, but then, so the ads, they were more like, it felt more like a, like a friendly tap on the shoulder. Like yes. the course is available. Like if you yeah. want to come and buy it, remember this, like it wasn't like buy now it's going away. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it was like finding a way of marketing that felt in, in like it fitted with the tone of the good ship because it's all very friendly and like, yeah. yeah. So it's it's been gr- brilliant. So I know you always talk about like the balance of all the marketing stuff, like your emails, your content, your Facebook ads, your social media. So like all yeah. of that really sort of tied in together. And then we started a podcast as well, which really helped. Brilliant. I love that. I love there's there's you'll have seen it in the hub and outside of the hub as well. I'll often speak to people and they're like, you know, my ads aren't doing great and I've spent this much money. And when you kind of dig into what else they're doing, they're they're doing nothing. They're just kind of throwing and we'll see it with clients as well, to be honest, where they're throwing money into ads. And I think your description there is just absolutely perfect of you kind of have to feel your business, don't you? And feel what's like right to you and what feels right to um, the kind of environment that you want to build. And not many people that I work with, certainly because I choose the people I work with quite carefully, but want to build these businesses that are kind of um, smash and grab. And, you know, you see the, those ads with all the flame emojis, like buy it now, <laughs> like reduce, reduce price, blah, don't miss it. You know, it's about building the whole ecosystem that works for you and whether that is, you know, loads of influencer marketing and then using ads to bring people back to make the purchase or whether it's content and like you say, really building that community. We work with um, Culture Hustle. Do you know them? The art company, Stuart Semple. And they have... Oh, look him up. They make like, he had this huge PR thing with Anish Kapoor. They make like the blackest black and the pinkest pink and the goldest gold and all these amazing Oh, yes. Tanya's told me about them. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're big. They're really big. They've been a client of ours for a while and they're absolutely amazing. I did a podcast with Stuart actually a while ago um, because they did like the, I think they did like the second biggest Kickstarter of all time or something. It Whoa. just went absolutely bonkers. But they do exactly the same thing. It's all about community building and the ads we run for them are literally just you know, it's like talking to a friend. It's like saying to them, you know, you love this stuff, like come and buy some more or come and buy it, come and give it a go. And then they'll always share, they share all of the artwork from the community. And it's, it really is the the kind of heart of their business is about building and supporting their community. And it sounds like, um, sounds like you do the same thing. It's a joy to hear that you didn't kind of join the hub and go, oh, ads are like this get rich quick scheme. You kind of understood that we, that there was all that stuff behind behind it. Totally. And also, like, it definitely wasn't just me. Like, Helen's an Instagram wizard and has oh, a really engaged community on there. And she's got the hashtag walk to see. Um, so she already had this huge gang of like hardcore people who love to draw from life outdoors and share their work online. So that was Amazing. really helpful as well. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant when you can find those people that you not only like your vision aligns and your skills align, but that you can work with and that you can kind of bounce off because it's really particularly threes are quite hard to kind of manage, aren't they? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's amazing when you find those people. It kind of feels like magic, doesn't it? When it all just fits together and works and everyone has their own skills. No one's, you know, it's a bit like a, like a girl band, isn't it? Where you're like, (laughs) well, like you're, you're not really pulling your weight. So we're going to go off and set up on our own. It's quite a tricky a tricky thing to manage so that's amazing um I just wonder as a last point if you would just talk a bit about your what kind of results you got from the ads because I remember some of the posts you were making were um like you were just getting phenomenal results and the reason I want to know this is because if you hadn't have put that hard work in the back end in terms of content and really building the community and putting that graft in I don't think you would have got these results. I think if you just used ads as a standalone tactic, you wouldn't have got anywhere near the success that you um, that you did get. So I, ju- I just wondered if you could talk about that a bit, Katie. Yeah, it's, it was really interesting. So the, the first launch that we did, we had no ads. It was 100% organic. It was kind of us pooling our audiences. Of course, Helen's audience was the biggest because um, she's got her own... Um, people and walk to see and everything um but that so the first launch itself was was really good and we were really excited about it but then when we added the ads in I think it either it was either like a 30% increase or it doubled I can't remember exactly but it was like (laughs) on the there's like a a, like a chart of your income it was like you could see when we'd switched the ads on and it just like was like and rocketed and because that was our first time we were like we'll just do three days because we don't want to like waste loads of money and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then when that happened, we're like, okay, next time we need to be more brave because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and you really were, weren't you? I remember the next time you were like, I've gone for it. And you it was you were getting something like a 20 times return or something, weren't you? It was it was bonkers. Yeah. It was completely bonkers. Like we just because <laughs> we, we sort of we have the WhatsApp chat and we were like so this is what's happened today. What should we do? And and um, we'd be like, let's just put the budget up. Just see what happens. Yeah. Put the budget up. And yeah. then every day we're like, it's still working. Like, I don't know what's yeah. happening. 
Did you ever have that point? I've had this in the past, particularly with my own launches, where I'm like, oh, oh my God, I'm tracking something wrong. Like, these figures can't be right. Is this right? Like, you're double-checking and cross-checking everything. Did you have that, that moment? Totally. And then I was like, is Facebook just, like, claiming all of our sales or something? Like, it can't be all Facebook ads. I don't understand. Or, like, triple-counting everything. I think yeah. it's... Um, it's a real, I know I said this earlier, but I think that's a real testimony to the fact that you have to have all of your ducks in a row. And that's not, I think for anyone listening, maybe that sounds a bit overwhelming. That's not to say you have to do everything, like be on every platform, but knowing what works for you. And that could just be like it, some influencer stuff, some Instagram and ads, or it could be email marketing could be your thing. It's it's really knowing, it's like the 80-20 thing, isn't it? Really knowing where mm. 80% of your, your sales come from, what that 20% is. Um, it's absolutely fascinating, Katie. I'm so, so happy that you've done it. What would be your, if someone's listening and they're thinking, I'd love to do this. I don't really know. I think one of the questions I get a lot is people saying, how would I, I don't even know what service I would offer. And and it's really, to me, it's really obvious things. Like I've had a couple of florists get in touch saying that. And that's kind of the same as you do, isn't it? A florist would do like a wreath workshop so they could take that online. How would you, what would be your advice to someone who thinks, uh, either I wouldn't know what to offer or like I wouldn't know where to start. What what would your advice be as someone who's done it? Totally just think about it as if you were going to go to a place and do an in-person workshop would be my yeah. tip. So like for me, when I started doing bullet journal workshops, I was like, I don't really like, do I have to do this? I don't understand. <laughs> like it felt too easy because I was like, I just do this. It's not like a skill, but it is a skill to other people. So people love it, like, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they love it. Florists will be like the same. They'll be like, oh, I just make wreaths. It's so easy. But really everyone's at home, like, please send me leaves yeah. and show me how to put them into yeah. a wreath now. That like, is so interesting, it. you know, that's so interesting. That's that's the next conversation I have with people when I tell them what I think they should be doing. They're like, but but surely everyone does that, you know, don't people like everyone know how, knows how to do that. Why would someone pay me to show them how to do it? And yeah, that's such a good point you make. I think when we think about what we would want to do, you know, we think about it differently, don't we, in terms of skills that we would pay someone else to do as opposed to what we think someone would pay us to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Brilliant. Thank you so, so much for joining me this morning. Where can people um, find out more about you? Uh, so I'm on Instagram. I'm Katie Draws. And yeah, the Good Ship Illustration is at the Good Ship Illustration. And you should come to Art Club on a Friday that's great brilliant I will link them both in the show notes just one final thing I wanted to touch on which is a bit of a um when people talk about service industry they don't necessarily link this with it but it's just something I want to touch on I meant to cover earlier actually I feel like you know the way that you deliver things I feel like the emotions are really important part of it and the intention behind it. I think that when people think of a service business or like a coaching business or a course or something, it's about get the most people in, charge them as much as you can, make your, you know, hashtag passive income and go and lie by a pool somewhere with with a laptop and a cocktail. 
but but I feel like there's a couple of things. So as you know, we've been through a, a process this week where the right thing for me felt like reducing the price of the hub because the mood is, you know, everyone's in lockdown and homeschooling and everything feels really heavy. And this was a way that we could most directly support people. And I feel like you take the same approach with your stuff. Like you're not out, you're not out to charge the absolute most you can. You're not out to rip people off. The, the kind of intent or the purpose behind it is to bring together this community of artists and the byproduct is the money and selling the courses and and developing more courses would you would you say that that's right definitely I think it's maybe um like being more intuitive in business or like maybe just Mm -hmm. as a woman like you're more like oh, so, so sexist but never mind <laughs> like you know um, you've got more empathy for like other people so I don't want to be like it's it's 1500 pounds and like no refunds ever like it just yeah. it wouldn't feel good to me right now yeah yeah no I think it's a really important important point to make because I know there is a lot of that out there there's a lot of that there's a lot of mistrust and a lot of kind of coaches course creators using these like hacky kind of tactics like MLM tactics and you're Mm. not quite sure what you're going to get into and it was really interesting going through that the process I went through this week of you know reducing the price telling people in the hub telling them why and the amount of trust and respect and goodwill that you get from that is is just like it's everything isn't it if you're if you're truly leading a business with your heart and the intent of you know helping people and building a community and and kind of creating something really special that has impact on other people's lives it's a really important thing to to kind of follow through with isn't it totally and that that trust is like better than anything isn't it if people know you're a real person they can trust you and they know that what you're helping them with is actually going to help them you're not just going to like there's been times in the past where I've bought a course and it's not taught me anything and then it's been like and the final step is to buy the other course and I'm like are you for real and then I'll email them but like no refunds and it's just kind of I just never ever want to be that kind of business person I don't I don't see where the um well, I was going to say I don't see where the fun is in that, but the fun, if if money is fun, then that's the fun in it, isn't it? <laughs> I guess that is the fun, but I just, I mean, I wouldn't sleep at night. Yeah, I definitely, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I never want to be, I never want to be that person. Well, I've kept you long enough. Thank you so much. Thanks for going into all of that. It's, um, it's really, really helpful for people and, and it's great that you are so open to sharing it. I think going back to the kind of leading your business with heart thing, there's so many people that I always have that um, vision of, you know, when you're at school doing your homework and you've got like your arm around your work or, you know, at school doing your work <laughs> and you got your arm around it so no one could see it. And I never want to be like that. It's so nice to meet other people that are happy to share share every aspect of their business and help others. So thank you, Katie. I will put all your links in the show notes and yeah thank you so much for joining me today i hope you have a really good day yeah thank you it's been fun um Uh, yeah see you later katie thanks so much (laughs) well thank you so much to katie for spilling the beans there one absolutely incredible story i hope that there was something that all of you can take from that actually i know that 
Katie started off with the service business and added the courses and the, the products in, but coming at it from the other way. So if you're starting with the product business, I would really take Katie's advice where she's saying, think about what you would do as a in-person workshop. What would you do if, if things were normal? <laughs> please things be normal soon um what would you do as an in-person workshop and start from there and I think once you start thinking it's a bit of a mindset shift but once you start thinking about that kind of thing then the the world will really open up to you and you'll really start seeing opportunities that you just couldn't see before thank you so so much to Katie for taking the time to speak to us today I really hope you enjoyed the podcast if you do please make sure you subscribe it really helps if you want to leave a review that would be amazing as well have a really good week look after yourselves and those around you and I'll speak to you next week take care bye (laughs) 